0: Welcome to Innersbrook Church. We hope this message from our senior leader, Brent Leberzite, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Uh, welcome, everyone. So good to be here. I've never been in here before, and it's pretty amazing. Uh, what a great place for a church. You know, because I kind of feel like even with the Rutherford Hotel, kind of it feels, it's always felt like the centre point, you know, the central point of uh, Nelson. And uh, it's a kind of cool meeting in this place. See what God wants to do. Can God work as good here as he can at the NCMA? Yeah. Absolutely. Even better, says Kim. Even better. Absolutely. So it's a privilege to be here. My name is Brent, for those of you who don't know me. I was here a couple of weeks ago, though, so I'm not too much of a stranger, am I? I uh, hope not. But uh, it's a privilege to be here and a privilege to be sharing some thoughts with you this morning. I really want to push through for some things that I believe God wants to do. and Because uh, God's always up to something, right? And too often, we don't see that God's up to something because our hearts aren't necessarily willing to yield to what God wants to do. So if God wants to bring healing, we have to yield to the healing. If God wants to bring freedom, we have to yield to the freedom. If God wants to do something in your life, there is always something that He requires of you first. I totally believe that. Yes, I've prayed for people who don't even know God, prayed for them who have been sick and you know broken bones. Even one, one guy, I'll tell you one story. Is that right? Can I tell a story? Uh, one guy was uh, came into our house and. And a, friend, a Christian friend had brought him to the house and he'd bro- broken his leg and, uh, and uh, the Christian friend wanted him to have prayer and so totally unsaved, didn't know Jesus at all, never been brought up in church and just one prayer and the next thing he's slicing his cast off. Like, you know, how did he know even to do that? I don't know. Uh, but he just—he just felt like something had shifted in his body. He felt something, and he got the scissors out and cut his cast off. And he was running up and up. Oh, we used to live in Anglia Street. Anyone know Anglia Street at all? But uh, he used to live in—we uh, used to live in Anglia Street. And he was running up and down the road yelling and screaming because he'd been miraculously healed. The funny thing is, I don't know if he's ever given his life to Jesus, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even, it's the weirdest thing. But I do think for us, for those of us who know Jesus, there is definitely a dynamic that begins to happen. And even for this guy, I think at some point, maybe it was a sign for him for the future, Maybe it was, uh, you know, th- there is something that God has been doing in his life even recently. I can't even tell you his name. I don't even remember, uh, who, you know, what happened to him afterwards or anything like that. Maybe he's a pastor somewhere preaching the gospel. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? No, well, that's good. But um, but I think that there are some things that God needs requires of us, particularly for those of us in the faith. You know, uh, Jesus said, if. He said to the disciples, man, you know, if you're going to forgive somebody, you're to, you've got to keep forgiving. 77 times 7. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, a lot. That's a lot. Is it 70 times 7? Sorry. Let me be more scriptural. Sorry. 70 times 7 times. You know, um, th- there can't be any hatred in your life. There can't be uh, any bitterness in your life. There can't be any. You can't have hatred towards someone. You can't be angry towards someone. And suddenly you're like, oh, man. You want God to work in your life, though. You can't have that stuff you actually got to deal with that stuff. And when I talk about yielding to God, it's yielding those issues to God. and saying, God, you're in control. You're in control. You can deal with that anger that I feel. You can deal with that hatred that I feel. You can deal with that offence that, uh, that I have towards blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. You could probably name them, right? So um, it, you can do that. You can, you can deal with that stuff because I can't deal with it, and I need you to move on my life, and I need that freedom. And God will bring that freedom as soon as you do that. You release these things to God and God begins to release something to you. So I want to, like, this is a unity message this morning, and I haven't got onto it, but there is something about the work of God. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples, right? The the, the 120 of them sitting in this room, they've been hanging out for 10 days, eating and drinking and and praying and believing for something of, of a move of God. The Holy Spirit finally turns up. Long time coming. 10 days altogether, 120 people Imagine the smell, imagine the mess, imagine, uh, just like, ugh. But anyway, the Holy Spirit finally turns up. I think 10 days is often a testing time. 10 days, the, if you're into biblical numerology, the number 10, is the, I think, is the number of testing from memory. And so they were tested for 10 days in regards to how long will I wait for God to actually show up, which I think is a great principle for us. How long are we willing to wait for God? To show up, and we pray one prayer, and then nothing happens, and we kind of like, that's it, I'm done. God's not here, and yet we're not willing to necessarily hold on and wait for God. And so the the Holy Spirit turns up. There's a shaking. There's um, like. Pillars of fire come down from heaven, rest on the, the, uh, up the head of the apostles, the, the people who are waiting there, the disciples, and, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And the cool thing about it is later on in Acts chapter 2, it says that they, there were some things that happened because of it. One was they were all filled with with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, which is an interesting dynamic, uh, which is something I think we all need, is that gift or that prayer language that comes to us. Some people say, well, it might not have been that, because when they went out and spoke, they were speaking in a language that was known And so there has been a little bit of confusion in the past in regards to the prayer language and actually speaking in a known tongue, all right? But you'll see there that when they're in the upper room, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues, other languages. Then they go out, like, I don't know if it was immediately or whether they spent a whole lot of time in the room again, but when they go out, they start to preach the gospel. And while they're preaching the gospel, they start to speak in languages that even these guys who are with them, which was a whole crew, of people because there was people from every nation at this particular point at this particular time and they all had different languages and these guys are getting up and some people said these guys are drunk they are drunk they've been drinking and I think Peter stands up doesn't he and said well it's only three o'clock in the afternoon so it's a little bit early for that and uh, and they said, no, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come upon us. So, and, But the thing they marveled at was that they were speaking the language of their native native tongue, which they knew that these guys wouldn't have known. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't have known these languages. And a pretty amazing story, eh? And so what happens is then as time goes on, you'll see here in uh, Acts chapter 2 and I'll just go to my notes because it's always good to go back to your notes, especially when you're wanting to say things the right way when it comes to the Word of God, right? Verse 42, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, and everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were what? Anyone know? Together. Together. They were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. need. And every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There was unity. Unity took place. This togetherness. They kind of hung out together. They were with each other consistently. It wasn't just on a Sunday, but they met together in the temple courts on a daily basis. And thousands of people were getting saved every, every, every day, every week. Thousands and thousands every week. 3,000 on one day. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of pastoral care. Oh, my gosh. I'm sweating just thinking about it. Uh, but the reality is, is that there is um, this... Knowing that when the Spirit of God comes on a place, on a on a meeting, on a group of people who are yielded, there is an incredible unity that, that comes. I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg, whether there was unity in the first place anyway, because they were together for 10 days. Was there any quarrelling? Uh, was there a bit of criticism here, a bit of criticism there? And so was there, you know, what was actually happening in that moment? But there was a unity that was there for the Holy Spirit to come, there had to have been because where the because when there's unity and of Psalm 133, the Bible says this that where there is unity, it's like oil falling down, falling down. It's like the 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 Jew of Hermon falling onto Mount Zion, like oil, this oil, the anointing oil. And it's kind of crazy, isn't it? But there is an anointing that comes and I kind of feel like you know we've got more unity in the church than we've ever had. I'm talking about Annersbrook Church. Annersbrook has got more unity at an eldership level and at a staff level at a leadership level than we've ever had before and we're on the move and God's doing something and I want to say this there is a a blessing so that where there is unity, unity commands a blessing and so there's a blessing here and it's recognising it and understanding it. It's not about being in a nice building. It's actually the blessing of God that flows because of unity, that flows out of this understanding of the Spirit of God coming upon your life and actually recognising that and going, okay, God wants to do something. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for the unity. There's a reason for being together. There's a reason for for being a part of a family, or being part of a community. And it's because God wants to move. And the more united we become, the more God will move on our life. The more united you are with your with your husband, or with, you know, with your wife, with your spouse, the, the more you're going to see the, the blessing of God on your life. The more the more that your kids and all of that are not in chaos or in disorder, but there's actually order and there's love and there's a great sense of the 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 uh, the, the knowing of 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 how to do that well, even though we've never been trained in it, right? Parents, we're just kind of like, you know, one day at a time, sweet Jesus, how does this work? We don't know. But if we constantly have Jesus as Lord and Jesus in the centre of it all, then there's a unity that takes place that blesses that family. There is a blessing that comes. Now, with that, as well as understanding that, Jesus stands up and says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's 30 years of age. He's done the hard yards, done his apprenticeship as a carpenter. All of that stuff's going on. Gets baptised. Holy Spirit comes upon him. And and, and in Luke chapter four, I think it is, he says, actually, let's find it there, Nathan. I think it's there. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Not there? Ah. I'll go back to my Bible, just uh, to my Bible here, just to make sure I get it right. The spirit of, uh, spirit of the Lord is on me because He has what? He has anointed me. The spirit of the Lord is on you, and you are anointed. The spirit of the Lord is on you, and you have been anointed. How do I know the spirit of the, of the Lord is on me? Because I'm anointed. How do you know you're anointed? Jesus said this because He's taught, He's got me preaching to the poor. Good news. He's got me mending the brokenhearted. He's got, let me read it to you. He's proclaiming the good news to the poor. I'm, I've been sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. I've been sent to re, bring recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free and to proclaim, proclaim the good news, the, the, the year of the Lord's favour, the year of the Lord's favour on you. I proclaim 2021, 2022 and beyond the year of the Lord's favour on you. every year. After year, after year, after year. And that's what Jesus went around doing. I proclaim good news. There's some good news here, right? He is good news, absolutely. He died for us and all that. But this is even before he did all that. He was going around proclaiming the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God as being good news. And people were being set free. Demons were shuddering, trembling in the corner whenever he would turn up. There was power on his life. And then what I love about it is he says this, all that authority, is yours. I have given you authority over all the enemy's power. You can walk on snakes and scorpions. By the way, that wasn't just literal snakes and scorpions. There is a church in America that plays with snakes and scorpions in their worship experiences and people die. And I can't believe that they still have a church going like that because Jesus is speak, speaking figuratively here. The Spirit of the Lord is on you. You've been given authority over snakes and scorpions, over the demonic powers that, that rule and often reign over our own lives, but also over, over those that we know around us. Not, God doesn't always reign over somebody's life. There is often attack. There is often opposition. There is often something else that's actually doing its work rather than God doing its work right, doing His work, all right? We want God's work, so we've actually got to yield to the Spirit of God and to the anointing of God and allow the anointing to flow in our life that actually crushes the head of the enemy. No, power. You know, it says that I've given you authority over all the enemy's power. The devil might have power, but he doesn't have authority. And authority is far greater than power. Power, that uh, the enemy wants to try and bring all his power against you, but you have authority. you have authority over the enemy. And so he cannot, he cannot destroy you. He cannot kill you. He cannot take you out. The anointing of God, that's the thing. Like I think often the enemy takes us out so much because we don't recognise the, the spirit of God is on us and that he has anointed us. And there is a power on your life to be able to dispel darkness and bring light to be able to bring light to your eyes. God, enlighten our eyes and enlighten our ears to hear and to see you. That's gotta be our prayer because too often the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. And there's too many Christians who do not believe. They just don't believe. They don't believe in this stuff. They don't believe that there's an anointing. They don't believe in speaking in tongues. They don't believe, they they kind of understand that when salvation comes, we kind of get something. We get a deposit of salvation. Praise God. But actually you get the Holy Spirit. I got it, I got it. Something about the power of the Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I've got it. You know, I mean, ultimately you've got it, right? Well, now moving it. Moving him. Connect with him and move with him and let him move in your life and let him move in your family and let him move in your business. Let him move in your workplace. Let Him move on the the others around you. The Holy Spirit's not just for you. The Bible says there's there's a river that flows from the throne of God. And that river that flows on one side is healing for the nations. And on the other side is hope for the nations. Hope and healing, hope and healing. The Spirit of the Lord is on you. He's anointed you to bring hope and healing to the nations. It's a river. It's not a swamp. It's not something you just kind of like comes in here, and oh, it's just me, 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 and we just have this kind of like, bless me up, God, us for no more, you know, just have our little wee hallelujah party, you know. Sorry, my my mind goes way faster than I speak, and I just had a thought, and I thought, that's not a good thought, (laughs) but it's true, whatever that was I was going to say, but it's not appropriate for right here. But do you understand what I'm saying? There is something about the anointing of God. So right now in this worship, when we're worshiping, we can start to feel him. What do you mean feelings? Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. You know that song? That was back in the 70s, that one. (laughs) Been around too long. (laughs) But there is something that happens when God shows up there is a, because we're talking about the Spirit of the Lord is on me and has anointed me. The anointing is the power, the manifested power of God. That's what the anointing is. So you can have the Spirit of God in you, Spirit of God on you, but you're not necessarily experiencing or understanding or even knowing that there's something going on, all right? So the Spirit of God is in you and has anointed you Right, So there's an anointing, and the anointing is the manifest presence of God. You want to know what the anointing is? It's the manifest presence of God. What's the anointing? It's the manifest manifest presence of God. Okay, so that's what the anointing is. So now the Spirit of God is on me, but now now I'm walking in manifestation. So the story that Shannon told about the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. What does Jesus do? Hey, who touched me? Disciples go, Jesus... What's wrong with you? You're just crazy. Because there's so many people right now hanging around you, all rubbing up against you and all of that sort of stuff. And, and, and uh, there's so many people who have been touching you as you've been walking through the streets. Of course, everybody wants to touch you. And He said, no, power flowed out of me. So there were moments when Jesus knew what it was for power to flow and not for power to flow. He didn't always have power flowing through, through, his, through his life. All right? He didn't feel it. He didn't, he didn't get... I mean, yeah, we know that the, Jesus was always had power going on. He always had the power. But for, for, for moments in his life, there were moments when he actually felt something and he knew something had happened. Who touched me? <laughs> this woman. <laughs> I'm healed. 12 years. Doctors had paid all this money out. Oh, sorry, she paid all this money out to see the doctors. 12 years. Spent a whole lot of money, the Bible says. 12 years of sickness. She comes up to Jesus and just goes, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Jesus says, something has happened right now. Now, all authority has been given to you. You get the in your life. That'd be a good message one time. Eh? Get that in your life. Well, people come up to you where you begin to reach out your hand to somebody and you begin to, power, be, begin to feel power flow. You will never feel power flow when it's just you having your own little wee pity party in the corner. Saying, God, help me. No, help others, God. Help me to help others. Help me, God, to allow others to, to be healed, to have hope, to let, let this river flow, God. And so even in a worship moment, you know, I think that there is things God wants to recharge you. God, there are moments when we're in worship when God wants to recharge. There are moments when you're speaking um, your prayer language. If you have a prayer language, there's moments when God releases something on your life and the anointing. And then there's moments when you read the word of God and you see something of the anointing and feel something of the anointing of God on your life. All right. So you've got the Word of God, you've got praying in the Spirit, and you've got worship. Three channels, three things that God uses to release the anointing on our life. Okay, so those those moments help us to uh, to know that we're anointed. We feel something, we hear something, we sense something, but then we're empowered. Uh, We're empowered to actually go do something about it. Do something with what we've got. If you've got it, prove it. If God is in you, prove it. Show me. Not just me, you know, but show the world. Now go into all the world. Go into all the world. That's your commission. Holy Spirit is on you. I'm anointed. What for? To bring recovery of sight, to, to allow the lame to walk, to see the people, you know, see people free, set free. Those who are oppressed, set free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, preach the good news to the poor. Man, okay, let's do it. And it's just a—you think you've got to be a preacher for the next half hour, kind of stuff? No, it's just a. People want to be around your life. People will start to hang around your life, and they want to kind of glean from you and kind of get something from you. Why? Because there's a power. You're anointed. (laughs) you're all like stunned mullets right now. It's just kind of like, it's kind of cool though, eh? Like, because it's real, this is real. Okay, so how do I know the anointing's on my life? What do I feel? Well, sometimes it's like electricity. In fact, the the, the anointing, by the way, is more powerful than 230 volts. This is the cool thing, right? So you put your fingers into a 230 volt power outlet, and what's going to happen? I mean, serious, some serious damage can happen. And uh, I learned all about it, by the way, because I was an electronics technician in my previous life. Uh, And I'm not talking about reincarnation, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Let's let's be clear on that. Uh, Before I became a pastor, I was uh, into electronics. And so we used to have block courses. And we would learn. We would see videos of people getting zapped from electrical currents. And it wasn't good. Like, we're talking smoke and everything. And, uh, and, and uh, and, And yet the anointing is far greater than that. And what I mean by that is that the anointing comes to, uh, comes to change some things in our world, change some things in our life that we could never do ourselves, that we could never do ourselves. And so, uh, so the anointing can, it can feel like, you can sometimes feel electricity going through your body. Anybody ever felt that before? Like electricity? Yeah. Say, so hands going up saying, yeah, I felt that. Others of you will feel like there's a wind. Ooh, who opened the doors? How'd that wind come around, around me? Did someone just walk past me? Yeah, Jesus probably did, right? And you feel this wind around you. Anyone felt wind? Yeah. Um, and then, then there's this fire. If someone just said to me the other day, they said, man, I was just praying for somebody and I felt like my hand was on fire. And if I touch it, it was cold. Was this you, Paul? No, it was no, it wasn't you. I have I cannot, it was only last week and I cannot remember who it was. They said it was like I was praying for somebody and my hand got really, really hot like fire. It's the anointing. The fire of God. The the, the wind of God. You know, when the, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, there's 120 in that room. There was a wind it began to shake the whole house. We don't want that wind of God, the the fire of God, the electricity of God. You begin to feel something and sense something. And that comes through knowing the Word of God in your life. That's the cool thing about it. Because I reckon that's where it all starts. You say, well, isn't it worship? Yeah, it is. Isn't it praying? Yeah, it is. But first, it's the Word of God. You get the Word of God right in your life, you'll begin to pray. Because you can't Pray to somebody you don't know. So it's always got to be based on the Word of God and then prayer and then worship. Out of prayer comes worship. I want to worship. I want to give thanks to God. He's an amazing God. I want to give thanks to Him. I love Him. I, I, I know Him. So the Word of God turns, to, turns, turns into prayer and prayer turns into worship. But always first, first things first is the Word of God. David said, thy word have I hid where? In my heart real interesting, look at this scripture here which I do think you've got Nathan it's the um, it's the one down like let me just find it Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 to 14, let's look at that one for the word of God is alive and active it's sharper than what? Any double-edged sword, I mean, it's sharper than that. The anointing's far greater than electrical current. It's just greater than that. Uh, it penetrates, this is the Word of God, that penetrates even to dividing what? Soul and spirit, what? Joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the intentions, right? Or the attitudes of the heart, okay? So the Word of God is so powerful That it releases something on your life that goes that starts from your spirit, all right, goes into your soul area of your life, mind, will, and emotions. This is what happens. This is the power of the word of God, okay? Which releases that anointing in your life that starts with the spirit, spirit of God, word of God going into your spirit which then goes attacks <laughs> and rejuvenates your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. So now I'm getting healed on the inside through the Word of God, healed on the inside, and then where does it go to? Yeah, joints and marrow. It goes to the body. So you got the Word of God, you've got your soul area, mind, will, and emotions, and now you've got your body. And complete healing can come through understanding that the basis of all of what you believe is true. All of what you understand the word of God to be is actually the truth and and it's God's word. And therefore, and by the way, Jesus didn't speak to to the demons through his thoughts to see them go. He spoke with his mouth. He confessed with his mouth. And the word has got to get into your spirit to really truly understand the balance of the anointing because people get fruity with the anointing. Like seriously fruity. And I'm talking about years, years of being involved in a particular revival back in the 90s where there was a lot of fruitcake stuff going on. But, but didn't worry me too much when the Word of God was still the most active In that dynamic. But I believe there's a second revival coming. That was a revival. Definitely God was doing something pretty amazing. But there's a second revival coming, and we've got to get this basis of teaching out to actually teach you before it begins to really happen. Because remember, the anointing intensifies as well. It intensifies to what point? I think raising people from the dead, to be honest. I think that's the greatest intensity of the anointing on a person's life is to see someone actually raised to, raised to life because of the anointing. But it's gotta start somewhere. You got a headache? Let me pray for you. You know what I mean? Like, you, you got a sore back? Well, let me pray for you. And so you begin to start somewhere, which then leads to somewhere else. I'm, this is a massive teaching, I know, and I probably need to finish, don't I? Uh, the Word It is alive, the Word is alive and it quickens us and it quickens us first in our spirit and power is then produced in my life and it increases. The Word is received in my spirit, pumps itself into my soul. The Word which is powerful, it generates power, becomes alive, it's energetic, it sets things in motion and it begins to achieve and the anointing begins to flow on the basis of what you understand from the Word of God of which you begin to speak out the Word of God and you begin to see things shift and begin to see things shake. The Word of God, what does the Word of God say about you and your life? What does does God say about you? And you've got to begin to pronounce those things, prophesy those things over your life, even if you don't feel like it. You are loved by God. I don't feel like it, but I'm loved by God. The Word of God says so. I'm basing my life now on the Word of God. It becomes Everything of what's now in my spirit It's not just in my head It's not just a head knowledge I'm actually getting it right into my spirit And you watch what happens God will begin to flow over your life And that river, that anointing Will begin to move so powerfully Nothing will stop you Nothing will stop you No demon in hell will stop you From progressing in the kingdom of God Are you still with me? Is this all right? Okay, the musos are up So we need to finish I think we should sing that song again, This Is My Desire. It is, This Is My Desire. Yeah, I am right. But anyway, Lord, I give you my heart because don't, they don't know the verse. So it's funny, isn't it? It's such a, I could, if we had a guitar here, we'd probably do okay. Paul would probably be able to play it for us. Hey, Paul. Well, let's do just this final, final chorus. Um, what is it? Lord, I give you my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Okay. As we're doing that, just maybe, just maybe you place a demand on the anointing of God and electricity begins to flow or something like electricity, something like wind, something like fire. And in the moment, you're changed. In the moment. In the moment. And by the way, you know, we're not basing this on feelings because we've got the Word of God in our spirit, right? Right? So the anointing is not about feelings, even though you feel something. It's not about the feelings. It's actually about what the Word of God is, where the Word of God is here, right here in your spirit. Good balance. So come on, let's stand together and let's worship. Let's tone this this lighting down. Man, see that? That happened just as I said it. That was amazing. All right, this is your moment. God needs to fill you first before he can fill others. (laughs) God wants to anoint you first before others can be anointed. God wants to do something in your life right now. This is your moment between you and God. If you're willing, just one touch. Won't take much. But man, that woman who had been sick for 12 years, she had to do something, she had to get out of her seat. She had to go and find Jesus. She had to walk towards him. Maybe you do too. We're standing intentionally. For some of us, we want to reach out even now. Some of you got your hands raised already. It's pretty amazing. It's not just about hands raised, by the way, but it is a sign of surrender. It's a sign of worship. It's a sign of honour to God. Others of you might feel just a leap in your heart. You know, I just need to do something right here, right, right deep within For others of you, you may not even feel like you know God. You feel like Jesus is so far away from you. He's not far. He's right here. It's just that sometimes we're so far from Him, (laughs) but He's right here. And in a moment, in a flash, when you yield yourself to Him again, you sing this song, you mean the words that, that, that are being sung. In a moment, you can walk into the most holy of holies, the most holy place with boldness and confidence not ashamed anymore, no no guilt anymore, free from all the the things that we talked about at the start, the the hatred, the anger, the offensiveness, the, the, the things that you kind of feel like so bottled up about. You just yield to God and say, God, I give it to you. It's yours. I'm done with carrying it myself. It's not helping me at all. So I give it to you, God. You watch what God does. just begins to open up some curtains, open up some doorways, open up the place where you can walk into the most holy of holies. And there's God on His throne. Just even now, picture your eyes closed. Just picture God on His throne and the river flowing from His throne and that river just washing over you and cleansing you and healing you, bringing hope, bringing healing to your life. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, Please get in touch with us. Email us at at infoannisbrook.co.nz or visit our website.